Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Outside the Sheds, where you come to and you experience knowledge, insight, and just a little bit of master class to get us through last week and the week to come in Rugby League and the AFL. Welcome, Shedheads. I am your host, Corey Jackson, as you know. And as we're on episode 52 of this great journey together, we come this week and it's finals time, Shedheads. It's finals time. And, I, and I've and i got to tell you something. Um, This is a special time of year. And I think no matter where you're at, if you're in, in America like I am, uh, or if you're down under, which we cover mostly in Australia, New Zealand, uh, England, uh, it is, I want to say that late August is maybe the most exciting time in all of sports. And the reason I say this and the reason that it totally makes sense is in America, the, the, I guess the national pastime right now isn't baseball, it's, it's, it's American football, NFL, whatever you want to call it, college football, uh, as you say, dynamic gridiron, it's gridiron, but Every team thinks right now that they have a chance to win the championship. No matter if it's a college football championship, the NFL Super Bowl, because everyone is zero and zero. So everyone's dreaming of that perfect season that could happen. That that just moment of magic that you can't you can't fully write down. It's just gotta fall into place, right? And that's what's going on over here in America. But we're not concentrating here in America as much. We're concentrating to you, down under, over in the Super League in, in, in the UK. And the UK's got something else going on because they're they're starting to wind down with their, their Super League season. But again, now you have the beginning of the EPL over there. And you know what the EPL means to England and the UK because, once again, everyone thinks they've got a magic season maybe in front of them, Right. Down under, it's no different, but I think that it is something a little bit more magical for you guys than it is for us right back here in the States. I don't really care because I'm with you guys in heart and spirit, no matter if I'm sitting in the bunker here, meaning that it is finals time. So all of the hard work, all of the push that we've had for the last 23 rounds, 24 rounds is all coming to fruition. And in the AFL, eight teams have ironed themselves out and are ready to fight for the flag. In the NRL, we're already starting to see it all kind of forming up. We have two positions, seven and eight, that are being battled for, but pretty much one through six is taken care of. And it's just exciting. There is a buzz about it. Um, I, I can't really describe it. And if you don't feel it, I'm sorry you're not alive. We'll remove the mirror underneath your nose because we know that you're DOA on arrival. But I'm breathing, I'm pumped, and I got to tell you, I don't have a can of Monster in front of me or Rockstar right now because I'm not sponsored by either one of them, so we'll talk about both of them. I've got my wingman Zeke sitting next to me. He's on his favorite piece of paper laying on the floor, so we're going to rock and roll and get this done. So let's dive. Let's dive into round 23 
of the NRL. And I've got to tell you something. I know you guys have heard me, Shedheads, kind of complaining that the whistle is kind of overtaken. You know, you're on report, you're on report, you're on report is what we hear all the time now. When it's any type of tackle that might look ooh, a little too rough. And I and I watch some Super League this weekend and last week. And I've got to tell you something. I have not been covering the Super League as much. I've told you about, you know, Jimmy Maloney retiring and how he's got Catlin's position and do something special. But I really got excited watching the Super League this week because I did not have that sensation that the referees had that freaking whistle stuck in their throat and they kept it put away. They let the guys play. You didn't have guys milking penalties. You didn't have guys saying, ooh, was that too tough of a tackle? Should I lay here for a little bit? It just didn't have that vibe that I'm starting to get from the NRL, which needs to be corrected this offseason quickly. Uh, and I just wanted to kind of put that as as we go into round 23 and let you know, uh, even though we talk about the NRL a lot on Outside the Sheds, that the Super League is kicking, it's firing, it's going along. And even though they've been having some, some battles with COVID, uh, there's still some really, really, really good footy that's being played over in the UK and in, and in, and in France, southern France. Uh, and I and I and I challenge you guys to watch some of these matches because uh, they they're covered on Fox Soccer Channel, so you get at least two to four a week on that channel. You you get a they actually had a Wednesday game between Wigan and Leeds, which I've got recorded that I'm going to watch this evening. Um, but it, it it's just it's it's good footy, and I, and I and I challenge you guys to watch it, Shedheads. Take it in. More knowledge makes you stronger. So don't ever forget that. And and now that there's so many NRL players going across England and coming back to the NRL, uh, it is something that to, to definitely watch, and, and it's exciting football. So let's go into round 23. And as you already know, we went four for eight for picks for that round. So we went 50%. Um, we usually don't drop underneath 50%, but we've been definitely training a lot higher than that. Um, I did go out on a limb on a few picks, and we'll go over that right now. Uh, we started off the round, Storm 34, Titans 20. That's 19 straight victories for the Storm. That's equaling a 46-year-old record by the Roosters. And I think that puts the, everything into context of what the Storm are doing right now. How they're obliterating the competition. And we're going to, that is my main thing I'm going to cover uh, after we go over these scores about this last round uh, going into the 40-20 is about the Melbourne Storm. Seagulls 19, Raiders 18. Manly come back from a pretty large halftime deficit and score 19 in a row in the second half to win a very, very key and vital match for the Canberra Raiders. A match they really needed to have because if you look at their remaining schedule, they've got the Warriors... Coming up this week, and it's a it's a it's a win or lose. I'm saying it is. This is the first match that you can say is life and death for a team. We've always known that the Tigers were 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 on life support, right? Even though they were, you know, there's the documentary going on and all that type of stuff. We knew that they were they were done. This match between the Raiders and the Warriors is pivotal because the loser is officially done. And right now the Warriors need a little bit of help, but the Raiders still have it in their grasp, in their hands. 
They have to win out. And that's going to be exciting to see. Um, But they needed this victory because they wouldn't have been in this position if they could have found a way to beat Manly. And 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 the Seagulls show that they can win a key an important game with Turbo on the sideline. So that was big for, for both teams in a couple different ways. Panthers 25, Rabbitohs 12. Uh, the Panthers snapping the Bunnies 10-game winning streak. Um, Nathan Cleary coming back and showing that, you know, he's rounding into form. We all know that he's taped together on that shoulder. He's probably going to be under the knife for sure when the season ends. Uh, and, and knocking on wood... We hope that he gets through the rest of the season unscathed. Unfortunately, we're playing the game of rugby league. And because of that, there will be contact. But he's sent, he's kind of shown that he's able to handle it. He hasn't re-injured it a little in, any further. Uh, so hopefully Nathan keeps going. But then it really, you, you flip back to the Rabbitohs, who had, a, who had a lead and couldn't hold on to it. And that has been some of the... The thing the pundits have talked about over the last couple of seasons with Wayne Bennett's Rabbitohs is that they are having a problem closing matches out and winning the key matches late in the year. And even though they looked strong and there was a key penalty that a lot of people would not have called that might have quote-unquote flipped the the scoreboard or or made it uh, a little bit easier for one of the teams over the other, uh, you really have to wonder. And this match this weekend, this big rivalry match between the Roosters is so, so important um, for the Rabbitohs and them going into the playoffs. Sharks 50, Tigers 20. Whew. Well, I guess you can officially put the stake in the Tigers' heart because in a match they looked like they were competing, you look on the scoreboard and it looks like they weren't even on the field. And that is the problem. That is why I've said this experiment uh, with Madge McGuire uh, has run its course. Um, You know, Madge was brought in for defense. And, you know, I I haven't even done the numbers right now, but how many times have the Tigers been blown out? How many times have they given up big scores over 25 this season? Which shows to me the whole reason you bring Madge in is to bring a a defensive, tough mindset to a club. And if he can't put that in there, what is he there for? Because he's not there to bring you brilliant offense. I'm saying when they won when they won the championship in 2014 with South Sydney, it was built on their defensive prowess, right? Um, and if Madge isn't bringing that, why do you have Madge around? You know, you can say you're trying to build, and that's going to be fascinating going forward. Uh, again, uh, Shane Flanagan's name keeps kind of appearing as possible, uh, maybe the next coach of the Tigers, even though, like I said, Madge is still there. But that big shark is still circling out there in the ocean. So we'll have to see. Now, going on to the Sharkies, Matt Moylan finally came off the bench. Matt Moylan back on the field. Matt Moylan showed uh, with a brilliant uh, try assist the skill that he has and possesses. The problem with Matt Moylan is he can't stay on the field. Those hamstrings are like used up rubber bands where they're just waiting to snap, pop, whatever you want to say. Um, But he did show the gift that he has when he's on the field. And Matt showed that again. But I, to me, the big thing out of the match for me uh, 
was Luke Luke Metcalf. And I and I and I know a lot of people haven't talked to, about him too much. I know he left the Sharks to go to Manly, came back home. But there was a snap and a fire out of this kid where Craig Fitzgibbons got he's got some some stuff to really look at just when he's setting up his his halves pairings for next year. Because you've got Trindle, you've got you've got Nico Hines, and you've got Luke Metcalf. And it's going to be a battle between those three. Because I think Bubba for sure is going to hold down that 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 fullback position. He's proven that's his position. So you've got, like I said, you got a musical chairs thing. And then, then you got Matt Moylan. Where are you, where are you going to play Matt Moylan, who signed a, another one-year contract? So I guess that's the headaches you want for a, from a club. You know, like I've got so many good pieces. Where do I fit them? Uh, but the Sharkies really show that their future could be pretty bright, especially in the halves. Knights 22, Bulldogs 16. Boy, I got to tell you something. Cowboys, are you not paying attention and watching the Knights games, or are you just really trying to look the other way on purpose? Because Jake Clifford has shown why a lot of people were a little bit uh, apprehensive and scratching the head why you let this kid move on. Uh, he's a special talent, and I think that with the pressures, I think that he was feeling uh, at North Queensland. You know, with you know, you got JT moving on. Um, you know, it, I think that that pressure was really on him. You know, is is, is he going to be the next JT? And now playing with the Newcastle Knights, he's able to kind of kind of set his own storyboard, kind of set his own history up. And he's playing free. And I really, and I've got to admit, I think for Mitchell Pierce, he's being and enjoying that little bit of excitement for having a young have with him um, that's got a lot of skill and a lot of talent as well. So I, you know, I, I said Newcastle was going to make this eight, the eight this year, and I'm still standing by it. And it's looking like a, a strong pick. But you've got to really be pleased with how the acquisition of Jake Clifford has really come. Uh, really come around and, and really have helped the Knights. The doggies again, you know, what are you going to say? Uh, Trent Barrett, you wonder how long that lettuce is going to stay as good looking as it is. Uh, another loss. And you got Gus now. You've got, a, you've got a big apex predator marching around in that building right now. And you, you wonder if Trent Barrett starts feeling a little bit of pressure or is Gus kind of looking the other way uh, until next season. Um, until they really have some pieces where he thinks they should be competing uh, with. So, uh, again, not a performance again that probably Trent Barrett wants to remember. Eels 32, Cowboys 16. Uh, to me, the biggest thing about that, besides the Eels coming back on track and getting back in the winning co- in the win column, is the, the Michael Sebo injury. Um, that is going to be huge. And that big bull, that big battering ram, on, on the wing there, um, I think that's going to be a huge loss for the Parramatta Eels, and it's an ACL injury, so he's not coming back this season. Sad to see because he is one of the premier players in this competition, and he's going to be a, a key player that I think is going to uh, again stunt the chances for the Eels going deep into the playoffs. Now. On the bright side, Mitchell Moses looked good again. Mitchell Moses, three try assists 
was really running the ball well. And I think when you see Mitchell get to the outside and that head starts moving around on a swivel and he's able to use his speed and his acceleration, it is something fun to watch. And it's got to put some smiles on the faces of Eels fans that Mitch looks like he's he's kind of rounding into form and maybe the back isn't bothering him as much and he's getting a little bit of confidence in his body. But at the same time, you know, you've you've got the captain. You got Gutho, who that 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 nagging knee injury is starting to show its face a little bit more, and then a little bit more, then a little bit more. So I am I am curious to see these last two rounds if the Eels don't start to possibly rest these two to see so they can be how do I say this as healthy as possible going into the finals because. With Sebo out, if you don't have a healthy Gutherson and a healthy Mitchell Moses, you're in trouble. And we think you're probably already in trouble, uh, Eels fan, because right now it looks like you guys are going to come to to blows in the finals with the Parramatta Eels. Um, on paper, it looks like that's what the matchup will be. We don't know yet, but I, if, I, if I had that match right now, I would definitely take Newcastle in that head-to-head. Roosters 40, Dragons 22. Uh, what more do you have to say? Uh, James Tedesco, masterclass, again. You know, a lot of the talk was if Turbo has overtaken Tedesco, if 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 Teddy uh, should still continue, continue to be the number one for the Blues, New South Wales, for Origin. And I got to tell you something. James Tedesco, for all of the injuries that the Chooks have had to face this year, James Tedesco has lifted week in and week out, bloody in the face or not. He's just lifted his competition, lifted his level, and played to let his team continue to progress and to find ways to win um, week in and week out. I'm saying, even though I had picked them, the Dragons, who you never know what type of dragon you're going to deal with, had the lead in the second half. And if you look at this final score, you're like, what? Really? They did. And then all of a sudden, Tedesco, Hollywood Walker, Sam Walker comes off the bench. And, you know, the Chooks are going to Chuck. And they took their rivals to the sword and impaled them quite easily by the time the whistle blew. And again, this victory sets them up for a big, big Big clash with their arch nemesis, South Sydney. That's right, David. I'm talking South Sydney. So, I'm very excited for that match. I think most of the NRL community and fans of the NRL are excited about that. We've got some real kickers this weekend. But coming off of a victory, who 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 uses this momentum to spring, springboard themselves forward? The Rabbitohs getting back on track or the Roosters who, again, keep finding ways to win. Uh, and they're going to have to play with a few more knocks and a few more players missing this week. Butcher's out. Kieran's out. Um, so we'll have to see what the Chooks do. Broncos 24, Warriors 22. After I go into a diatribe last episode on the Warriors, they find a way to lose a match that I thought for sure that they could win. Uh, 
Maurice Walsh. It was kind of sad to see how 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 well this kid has been up on top, how well he has played. Uh, he misses four conversions, and you could really see the weight starting to form on him because after each miss, you could see the pressure a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And if he makes those, they win by eight. Or excuse me, they win by six. I'm sorry. Watch out for my math class, right? They win by six. Because they, they had five tries to four. But again, you gotta you you gotta make those kicks. You gotta make those kicks. And then on the other side, for for Kevy's boys, the reemergence of Anthony Milford. And I know that has a lot of, of rugby league fans scratching their head. This million, this million dollars a year player who has just kind of disappeared since the grand final of 2015, somehow, some way, uh, turns back the clock and is bouncing all around the field, uh, throwing, you know, just smiling. A lot of things that we've missed from seeing uh, Anthony Milford for a while. And it looks because, you know, now that he's not going to be in competition in the halves for the rest of the season and he's probably going to play the last couple games does he play himself into the form that leads him to why i can't believe i'm going to say this possibly starting the halves for the rabbitos next season but i've got to say kevy's got to be pretty excited um another victory they have now jumped over the top i guess leapfrogged their bitter rival, the North Queensland Cowboys, in the standings. So, again, big, big hats off to the Brisbane Broncos for not quitting on the season and a real gut-wrenching loss for the Warriors. Even though, as we talked about a little bit earlier, they're not out of this. Because if certain teams lose and they continue to win, they can get themselves back in it. But now they don't control the, They don't control their fate. And most coaches will always tell you that's all you want, is to be able to control your own fate. Now, I said, uh, after going over the scores, I really want to dive in and, and delve into the Melbourne Storm and the greatness that's going on down there. And and to me, it's, it's a lot more than just 19 straight victories. You know, Craig Bellamy, what more can you say about Bellyache, right? This guy who's really on top of his game coaching-wise. Everybody keeps talking about forcing him out. I know that we're not talking about forcing him out of the club because the last thing that Melbourne's talking about is having him leave. But, you know, all of the journos and all the people that surround the game and cover the game, they keep saying, oh, is this Craig's last year? Does Craig need to go? Blah, blah, blah. And Bellyache is just, he's, he shows he's enjoying this season. And I think he's enjoying it so much because, think about this, he loses his captain and future immortal, Cameron Smith, and he comes back and puts together this type of performance where he now has two dummy halves that the entire competition would drop, would do backflips if they could get one of them. But but the hectic cheese, Harry Grant, you know, they're both, there's there's big talk that the hectic cheese, Brendan Smith could actually win dummy half of the year this year. 
And he might not even be the starter going into the finals. Me, I'm playing him. And I'm bringing Harry Grant off the bench. But that's, but that's what Craig Bellamy has coached up. He's coached up two guys that with Cameron Smith gone, immortal, gone, retired, that they don't look like they've, 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 they've skipped a beat. I'm, I'm saying they've won 19 in a row, Shedheads. They've won 19 matches in a row with a, with a player gone that is going to have immortal status. And then you look about this. Ryan Pappenhausen goes down. Head knock, concussion, out. Nico Hines, you put him back at fullback. And what does he do? They catch even more fire. So much so, there's a competition now if Nico Hines should stay at fullback for the rest of the season. That is how that is how how strong a football right now Nico Hines is playing. He's playing so well, he's parlayed this into a huge contract to go to Cronulla next year. And with the pairing that he's done with Jerome Hughes, you, 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 you really wonder if you can really pull him out of there. Because you're not going to get rid of Cameron Munster, so he's not going to play in the halves. There's only so many, you know, there's only, there's only one ball. There's only one ball you can play with. So some big, big time decisions are going to have to be made by Craig Bellamy. But for a coach that's as competitive as Craig Bellamy is, he's loving this. He's loving that feeling. He's loving that sensation that I've got to make some big calls here. Because that's what makes coaches excited and happy about being a coach. Making the tough decisions. Leading a group of men. But I've got to tell you, I, I am, I am, um, it's beyond incredible what Craig Bellamy has done down there for the Melbourne Storm. And, and I, I'm telling you, hats off to him. I can't see them losing this week. And I think about the only thing that derails them going into the final is if he starts resting players. And then why would that derail the Melbourne Storm? They've been, you know, changing players out now for, for two seasons, three seasons. If you think about the loss they've had, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, and and now, you know, Cameron Smith. And they just keep moving. They just keep rocking along. So hats off to the Melbourne Storm uh, for doing it the right way. We're not going to talk about any type of salary cap infractions. That's a, a thing of the past. But um, they look dominant and look very, very dangerous. Now, let's go into the 40-20, and I don't like starting off with bad news or, or news that brings us down. I think I think you just have to turn on your network televisions, no matter where you're at, America or New Zealand or Australia right now, even though New Zealand looks like they're doing better than anybody. So you get enough bad news. You know, you, can, you don't have to go looking for bad news nowadays for you to find stuff. But we have to start with probably the biggest topic that's coming out of this last week, and that's Curtis Scott. And Curtis Scott has been fired, terminated, whatever you want to say, by the Canberra Raiders. And a lot of this is stemming for his off-field indiscretions. Um, everyone remembers the whole you know, police situation that he had where he was found guilty. But again, he had put himself in a bad position because I think he'd fallen asleep underneath a tree and the police confronted him about that. So even though he did nothing quote-unquote wrong, it was still PI, public intoxication, and he was passed out in a public space. 
Uh, should the cops have roughed him up? No, but no cops should rush, rough anybody up, no matter where you're at, no matter what country you're at, right? Um, but there's been other things now. And this, this termination looks like it's stemming from a, a nightclub fight that happened back in May that he is still getting ready to go to court on. So a lot of people are saying you're terminating a guy who has not had his chance to have his say in court to prove his innocence. But, but as soon as you come out and that comes out and you say that, now word is coming out that he also had a fight with John Bateman last year. They're not saying that this led Bateman to want to go back to England, but he did have a fight, and it happened at a, a team and a team event or social event. Um, it's it's still very fuzzy, still very blurry. I know both teams are you know both both sides aren't talking about it much. The Raiders aren't talking about it much, but it is a fact that these two guys came to blows, and we know that happens to teams occasionally. But even though that does. This is another indiscretion that's happened with Curtis Scott. And you wonder after after you just keep one, two, three, keep knocking and clicking over these, these incidents, if finally the Raiders said enough is enough with this young man. And I know he's now come out and he's talking about mental health. And, and I think all of us are struggling right now with, with the world going the way that it is with lockdowns. Um, and then there's the opposite, acting like there's nothing going on, even though America's getting closer to 700,000 um, deaths from, from COVID, then, you know, let's not even talk any further about that. But but you have one country acting like nothing is happening, and, and the news trying to keep it quiet, or not trying to talk about it as much, and then you have another country that's trying to t- tackle COVID, and the only way you can beat COVID is tackling it together. And you guys being a unified front. But it's tough. And no one says that lockdowns are easy. Um, especially if you think, you know, the, you need that social interaction. Myself, I love being bunkered up. I've got the wingman here. Uh, I've got the, the lovely wife. Um, you know, I, I'm just saying I, I couldn't ask for a better situation for me. But I know everyone is different. So you don't want to ever downplay when Curtis Scott you know, brings up, you know, mental anguish, fatigue, um, you know, just any type of mental situation somebody might be going through. But I think what this comes down to is the club just got tired of cleaning up after Curtis Scott, and they have the right to do that. There is talk that he is going to get a lawyer and maybe pursue legal action against the team for a wrongful termination. We'll have to wait to see about that. But uh, it is sad. It is sad that a, that a that a young man's career at a club has come to an end, uh, and the question is, does somebody give him a lifeline to continue his career? Well, I got to tell you, we, we keep on this COVID track, shedheads, but something really caught me off guard, and that is when I saw Penrith and NRL All Star Nathan Cleary starring in a vaccination commercial that he cut and that he released. And and then I see that quite a few other big name players are doing commercials of this, you know, of the same ilk about getting vaccinated. And I've got to say this, no athlete in the States 
I don't think has the testicular fortitude to do what Nathan Cleary and some of these stars are doing. And it's one, for fear of political backlash. And two, let's be honest, it's the, the, the number one thing is these guys are scared about possibly losing endorsement deals for, for making sponsors mad. And what that comes down to, again, is money. They're worried about their, their wallets being affected by standing for something. And as you can see in the NFL right now, with, with you know players having to be quarantined and and that right now, even in training camps, excuse me, in training camps right now, the vaccinated players aren't spending a lot of time with an unvaccinated players. And it to me, it's not saying it's dividing teams, but it is dividing teams. And it, you're going to see some real divides happen if if teams have to forfeit games which it looks like that's going to be all the way around from college football to professional football this year, that teams will have to forfeit if there is large COVID outbreaks and if teams can't uh, suit up the right amount of players. Um, but I just want to say that it, it put a smile on my face to see a, a, a young man who is very close to being the face of his entire league saying why he wants to be vaccinated and to tell people to follow him. And I just, it, it um, I don't know. It, it was one of the few times recently that I actually felt a light come on inside of me about, wow, well done, because it was almost shocking to see. But Nathan Cleary and all the rest of the NRL players that are, are standing up and, and, and cutting these promos and these commercials, uh, hats off to you guys, uh, because this should be a unified front for us to battle a virus. Um, so that is, I guess that's my soapbox too right now. I just stood on, uh, well, I guess most of the time it's bad news anyway, so I shouldn't say that this is anything different, but we've got more bad news for the West Tigers. Um, Adam Dewey, star five, eight. Some people would say the best player on the team this year. He's going to miss this week due to a knee injury. No one's saying if it's going to be season-ending or if it's going to if or if it's major enough to have um, you know big-time surgery that could keep him out of next season. Only thing we know is he's not playing this week. Jock Madden is going to fill his place in the halves. Uh, we know that the Tigers have been talking about Jock Madden for a while. Uh, Jock has seen the field this year, but he is not Adam Dewey. And when I when I mean by when I say this when I say that is Adam Dewey, again, has been maybe the best player for the Tigers this season. Uh, and they now have to bring in a young half in a game that's kind of a hate game with them. We know the rivalry between the Penrith, the Penrith Panthers and the West Tigers since Ivan Cleary has gone across to the Penrith Panthers. And don't think Ivan's not got something for the Tiger faithful after, um, how should I say, he, he took a little bit of a sledging in the box after the game that the Tigers somehow upset the Penrith Panthers for him when all their key players were in origin camp. Let's be honest right there. So I think this could be very, very, I don't know how, how I can stress this, beyond bad news for the West Tigers and especially this weekend. Again, I, I don't want to do this, Shedheads. I don't want to always talk bad news. But again, a, a young, another young man at the crossroads 
For their huge clash against Newcastle this week, Justin Holbrook has stood down Ash Taylor. And I've got to tell you something. This is a, 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 a sad story because Ash Taylor left the Brisbane Broncos to come to North Queensland. A big time, big time contract that he signed. And a lot of people feel that big time contract that he signed might have been the reason that led to the downfall of Ash Taylor because the pressure's coming with a young man making that type of money and in his mind, in his heart, living up to that expectation of earning that type of money. And I've got to say, I enjoyed watching Ash Taylor play football. I, I enjoy watching him when he's, in, when he's excited about playing the game. When he's excited about just being able to go out there and to create and to lead his team up and down the field. And you don't see that much. You know, we had about three or four games here this season where Ash really seemed like maybe he was coming out of that haze of, of I don't know who I am, how I'm supposed to play, all that type of stuff. But it looks like he's fallen right back into that up and down roller coaster career that he has. And it's led so much to that type of play that Justin Holbrook has pulled a pin on it. And none of us know if that could be the last time we see Ash Taylor in a you know Gold Coast Titans uniform. Tyrone Peachy is stepping in in the halves. So, you know, it, you got to love watching Peachy play. You know, as, as Ash Taylor, as the talk of Ash Taylor, is he really focused? Does he really want to be there? Surrounds him. You never get that with the Peach. Peachy always seems like he wants to be there. Peachy always seems like uh, he's got something for you. Uh, and and I'm, I'm excited to see how he plays since he's been given that six jersey uh, in a huge, huge match. I'm saying this match is in a few hours because we know Newcastle is firing on all cylinders. We know that they're going to be up for the game because I think with this victory, they'll seal their spot in the top eight. But, uh, whew, a lot of pressure. But unfortunately, it looks like that pressure cooker might have been a little bit much for Ash Taylor. And then you have to wonder, a lot of teams, you know, he's playing right now for a contract, Shedheads. Ash Taylor does not have a contract past this season. And even though right now, Holbrook and the Titans have not said that he's 100% gone and they're not going to bring him and bring him along, pretty much the writing's on the wall. That is about ready to happen. And... Now that the Bulldogs have pulled out, quote-unquote pulled out, with uh, you know pursuing him to come to Canterbury, uh, it looks like a lot of talks have, have quieted down about him possibly going to the Canberra Raiders. You, you wonder where his future lies and who takes a chance on him. Because we know he's not going to make anywhere close to the money he's making right now with his next contract. So what happens to Ash Taylor? And only time will tell. But I hope for the best for him. I think that when he's playing footy and he's playing it well, he is a bright spot in the league. But the problem is we just don't see it often. Now, let's go into some good news. Let's go to some stuff that's going to make us feel good. And let's stay with the Gold Coast Titans. Because their young gun fullback, Jaden Campbell, is re-signed to the end of 2024. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, what is this going to do with, is this going to set up for a possible battle with A.J. Brimson next year for the number one? I don't think we know this. But I think we, we know for sure 
is that Jaden Campbell's not going anywhere and that this kid is a gun. This kid has got a lot of upside and it is going to be exciting, especially if we do see a little bit of battle between him and A.J. Brimson because a lot of people will agree that A.J. Brimson is a pretty special player as well. Uh, So I think the only thing you can say being a Titans fan is that you're pretty excited. You're pretty excited to see uh, what this type of competition does for being the best out of both of these young players. And then to me, the biggest feel-good story of the year is Albert Kelly's return to the NRL. Uh, And then not just returning for Kevy's boys, but actually playing in the Habs quite a bit this season. So much so that, you know, as long as he doesn't get injured, I think we're going to see Albert Kelly in that Broncos jersey for the rest of the season. And the question is, since that hard play has brought him another one-year contract to stay with the Brisbane Broncos, does he fit in the halves along with Adam Reynolds for next season? And I think that there's going to be a big-time competition to see who the has pairings are. Because I think already we can say that one of those has pairings is going to go to Adam Reynolds. You don't pay that type of money to Adam Reynolds for him to be sitting on the bench. And I think none of us expect Adam Reynolds to be sitting on the bench because he's one of the he's one of the guns of the competition. But who plays in the halves alongside of him? Is it Tyson? Is it you know? Is it Albert Kelly? Uh, it's going to be exciting to see what Kevy does, what strings he pulls, and who he gives the nod to next season. But to me, that's next season. But right now, let's talk and give a very much as a round of applause for Albert Kelly because of the sacrifices he's made to come back from the Super League, to get a starting gig, and to get a new contract to be with the Brisbane Broncos. That, Shedheads, is to me what hard work and perseverance can get you, and it can get your dreams to come true. So now, let's go into our round 24, our picks. First off, let's get better than four for eight because I don't want any more of that type of talk coming around these camps. We got to get hot because we're starting playoffs this weekend in the AFL. So it's time for me to step my game up. First game of the competition for this round 24, Thursday night, in a matter of hours, the Knights versus the Titans. I think it's it's a no-brainer for me. Uh, I'm going Knights all the way. I think they know for one, they can put Gold Coast down with a victory. And two, they can pretty much put themselves in non-number two ink, but a full non-erasable ink if they can get this victory this weekend. So I've got the Knights over the Titans. Friday, Warriors versus the Raiders. This match is going to be not missed television. Uh, this is one that you're going to have to find a way to see. Uh, but I think the Warriors rebound and bring an end to the Raiders season. I just think the Warriors have a little bit of magic left. I think that they're going to spring they're going to rebound from a, a a loss that I know deep down a lot of them feel they should have not have had. Uh they played well enough to win that match. Um but I've got the Warriors over the Raiders. And then the big showdown Friday night, Roosters versus the Bunnies, the Chooks versus the Rabbits. This was a tough one for me to pick, but I just think with the injuries and on the other side, 
the Rabbitohs not having many. I went with the Bunnies uh, to beat the Roosters. Saturday, Dragons versus the Cowboys. We won't have to spend much time with this game, but I've got the Dragons over the Cowboys. Then we have the Sharks versus the Broncos. A Sharks team that, that really has to win, that has to play strong. And it's tough for me to pick this one. This is maybe the toughest game to pick of the round because I'm going. I keep going back and forth of who I think is going to win this. And you know what? I'm actually going to go back. I'm taking the Sharks over the Broncos. Then we've got the Storm and the Eels. The Storm going to break the record, the 46-year-old record. And I'm not going to bet against him. Bellyache. Big game usually means big results. I've got the Storm over the Eels. And the final game for Saturday, Sea Eagles versus the Bulldogs. Uh, some people can say this is a Super Sunday game since it's really starting at uh, about 11 o'clock on a Saturday night here in America. But I've got the Sea Eagles over the Dogs. Uh, it sounds like Turbo's coming back for this match. So... Even though the dogs stepped their game up and there, there was always a big rivalry between these two clubs, I don't think it's going to be close. I've got the Sea Eagles. And then Sunday, whew, what was the song that you two sang? Uh, Bloody Sunday. I think that's what we're talking about here. Panthers versus the Tigers. No Adam Dewey. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Panthers, Panthers, Panthers. And it could get nasty and it could get very, very ugly with that game. Now, we come to close with our NRL and we come to life with our AFL. Because, let's see if I can do this. It's time! As one famous man once said, maybe in a different sport, but it's okay. We can use it here. This is outside the sheds. But it is time, shedheads. After 23 rounds of highs and lows, the AFL finals are upon us! Do you feel that energy? Do you? I hope you're feeling it off of me because I can't I can't convey to you what we're about ready to experience. This is going to be an incredible final series. And one thing I can guarantee you right now is we're not going to have a repeat champion. We're going to have a new champion for 2021. The Tigers did not even make the finals this year. And I guess that this should also show, show some light on how important Dustin Martin is. That your team doesn't even make the top eight. So, Dusty, hey, heal up because we know the yellow and black need you. But again, the one thing this season has shown us is to expect the unexpected. Because truthfully, you look at this, this, this lineup of teams that have made the finals. And are you really going to tell me that any of these are, how should I say, Games that are easy picks. I think every single one of these teams right now coming into the finals thinks they have a master or a chance to put some masterful performances together to win the flag this year. And I think that's what makes it so, so exciting. And I think it came down to last week. You know, I had two games as my my, my matches of the round because I it was the battle of the top four teams. And the epic game between the Power and the Bulldogs, to me, Set, in, set into, how should I say, started, the boom, the gun went off. Finals began with that game. 
because it had seismic implications on the table. It was huge. The two-point victory by the power in that match, 66-64, caused a ripple effect that I don't think anybody saw really coming. I know I didn't. But the loss cost the Western Bulldogs a chance to be in the top four and open the door for the Lions to sneak in in that fourth position. So a team that had played some dominant footy all year, a team at one time just a few weeks ago was top of the table, isn't even in the top four anymore. And now the Western Bulldogs are going to have to fight for their lives in this next, in the first round of the finals. And that is going to be a scary, scary, scary moment. Because they're playing, to me, the hottest team right now in the Essendon Bombers. And I think Essendon is going to do some damage this year. And I'm going to pick the finals here shortly, but I think you might see where I'm going with this and where I may be hedging my bet. Um, Because I think the Essendon Bombers are, like I said, are playing the type of footy that could see them doing some magical things and about ready to go on a big run. Now, as much as I talked about Essendon's rise and and another crashing out by the the Western Bulldogs, even though they're still in the finals, they just don't get that buffer of a top four team. On the other side of that coin is the dismal end to a season that the West Coast Eagles gave us. They got blown out 125 to 87 by the Brisbane Lions. It marked their third loss in a row. At the most important time of the season, three losses in a row. And it cost them a chance to play in the finals. They just, like I said, like a falling star, they they fell right out of the top eight. I think you can expect some major league changes for the West Coast Eagles next year. Uh, And they've got to have a real come to Jesus on where this club needs to go, how it needs to go there, and what they need to do to turn and right the ship. Because right now, um, that was some pretty dreadful performances they had late, which again, is going to cost them big time money too, because finals play is really, really needed right now. Now, in a match that's not going to affect who played in the finals, but a match to me that was incredible, incredible to watch, was the Tigers and Hawks game. And the, the reason it was is because we saw some very prominent players and one very, very prominent coach play their last game, I guess. Sean Burgoyne, Basher Hooley, David Asbury, called time in their careers. And, and, and some pretty, how should you say, stellar careers. Multiple, multiple flags, championships. These are some, these are some greats of the game. And then you have, you know, coaching legend Alistair Clarkson, uh, pl- you know, coaching his last game for the Hawthorne Hawks, which I think is going to come back and really, it's going to, I think this move right here is going to be something we talk about for years to come. Alistair Clarkson, to an extent, being shown the door by a club that he loves and a club club that he took to some great, great, great heights. But that would be 
awesome just to talk about those things. But then the game that we've got. We got a, a, a Hawthorne Hawks team that's been on fire lately that are, that's just steamrolling down the track to a victory over the Tigers. They were up by 31 points on Richmond. 31 points. Like, Dimma had already taken his headset off with about five minutes to go. Like, he was frustrated. He kind of was like, this, that's, you know, that, I guess this is what I should have expected for the end of this season. One that I definitely think he's not going to want to try to remember much. And the Tigers came back and ripped a loss, destroyed it, stomped on its chest, and gritted out a draw at 83 apiece with a late goal by Jack Rewald. One that Sean Burgoyne almost touched to make it a behind. It was incredible. It was incredible. And as one team was excited, another team was just in, in, in shock and awe that somehow they found a way not to win a game. But to me, that game was kind of fitting to what we've had to deal with for the last two seasons of this COVID era uh, in the AFL. But it was it was definitely one that if you didn't get a chance to to watch live, make sure you get a chance to go back and look at the highlights of it because it's pretty incredible. And I always love to watch games where the referee, excuse me, the commentators are talking and they're making it sound like, oh, this thing's over. You know, they don't really have a chance now. You can put this one to bed. And then them having to backtrack on those type of words as the team comes flowing and roaring back. Roaring literally, Tigers fans, right? Roaring back to either win a game or to get the draw like they had. So, incredible game of footy to watch. Um, and let's just hope that the Hawks and the Tigers can have better 2022 seasons. Now, enough of this stuff, right? Enough of this. We're here for finals week one. And let's dive head first. Heck, we didn't even check the depth of the water. We're just diving. And I got times for you, and I actually have the channels, because one of the cool things about the finals being here in America is that all four of these matches are on TV this weekend. We start off Friday, number two, Port Adelaide, hosting the Geelong Cats at Adelaide Oval. We've got a 4.50 a.m. start on Fox Sports 2. And you know what? It's the power in this one. I'm taking Port Adelaide at home to win the first game of the finals. Saturday, we get a derby to start off the, 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 the day's games. 12.20 a.m. Fox Sports 2 again. Greater Western Sydney versus the Sydney Swans in Tasmania. Epic. Epic this is going to be. And I'm waiting to see how the Tasmanian fans come out to support this. That they're getting a finals game in Tasmania. I hope they support. I hope they show up. I'm not worried too much about it. Because I think those Tassies are going to come through big time. But I'm taking the Bloods. I've got the Swans. Buddy Franklin. I think those boys are going to do something very, very special in this finals round as well. I've got the Swans over the Giants. And then to finish off the Saturday games, 4.30 a.m., Fox Sports 1, 
you've got the number one Melbourne Demons, the D's, versus the lockpick Brisbane Lions. They lockpicked the front door and came walking right into your house, into the top four. The Lions against the D's, Adelaide Oval. I've got Melbourne. I got the D's. I think the D's have been playing great footy all year. And I don't see that stopping. I don't see that going away. I've got Melbourne over the Brisbane Lions. And then Sunday. The match, what I think could be maybe the game of the first round of the playoffs or finals week one, no matter how you want to say it. The Western Bulldogs versus the Essendon Bombers in Tasmania. Wow. Who would have thought just two weeks ago that the Western Bulldogs would be fighting for their lives right now and would have to win a game to keep their finals chances alive? But that's where they're at right now. And then you have the Essendon Bombers team, a team that I always say, you guys know, Shedheads, I'm a huge NHL, huge hockey fan, that those teams that fight their way into the playoffs, those teams that have been having to play finals footy for the last month, month and a half, to try to stay in contention, trying to get into the playoffs, they are battle-hardened already. They They have been playing playoff football even though they're not in the finals. And that is why I'm picking Essendon for the upset over the Western Bulldogs, and Essendon gets the victory over the Bulldogs in Tasmania. So let's go over those picks again. I've got Port Adelaide over Geelong. Uh, I've got Sydney over Greater Western Sydney. I've got Melbourne over Brisbane, and I've got Essendon over the Dogs. It's going to be exciting. I hope you guys are ready because you're going to see some incredible footy And I think these guys are going to take it to levels that we have not seen for a very, 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 very long time. Can't explain how excited I am. I just, I can't put it into words. It's going to just be awesome. So the guns. This was tough. It was was a good, I guess kind of tough. But we've got some great guns this week to go over. And, And I think it was very easy for me to pick my top two. My number one gun, Teddy. James Tedesco, 318 running meters, 73 kicking meters, three line breaks, three line break assists, four try assists, 12 tackle breaks, and four tackles made. Teddy, master class again. And I think when you see James Tedesco playing like this, you know that the finals is right around the corner. Now let's just hope, knock on wood, and pray that he can stay healthy these last couple of rounds. And if this game possibly might be Teddy's last game uh, until the finals, I don't think it will be. But uh, Tedesco easily is the top gun for the week. My number two, buddy, Lance Franklin. Turning back the clock, getting himself ready for for his big run. You know Franklin wants to try to get the Bloods another flag under his tenure and under his watch. But Buddy went out and did Buddy things. I know it was against the Gold Coast Suns. Maybe you and I could kick six goals against the Gold Coast Suns. I don't know. But look at these stats. Six goals, two behinds, 13 disposals, nine kicks, four handballs, seven marks, five tackles, one clearance, 342 meters gained. Buddy Franklin, Buddy Franklin, Buddy Franklin. Lance Franklin 
to me, when he is flowing and rolling, is maybe the most exciting player in the game, maybe after Dustin Martin right now. But Buddy can do things that even Dusty can't because of his size. And I just love the man. I love watching him play. He's one of my faves. And I hope that this is just the precursor of what we're going to see for Buddy Franklin in the finals. And my number three gun, Luke Metcalf. That's right, a young gun coming in here. A young gun. Luke Metcalf is the number three gun this week after his performance for his Cronulla Sharks because I really think the excitement that Luke Metcalf brought in, that energy, that snap that he brought into the Sharks, very, very exciting. But but he didn't just bring a snap. He put results on the field for Cronulla as well. Two tries, 124 running meters, one line break, one line break assist, one try assist, five tackle breaks, 13 tackles made, 47 kicking meters. Not bad for a guy that eh, I wasn't sure if he was going to play this week in the Habs or not. But a guy going forward that probably will see himself in the Habs for the rest of the, uh, the rest of the season and will make it very tough for choices going forward for new coming coach Craig Fitzgibbon. So congratulations to Luke Metcalf for finally being selected as a gun on outside the sheds. Now, outside the bubble, I, I almost don't have time for outside the bubble because we've been having so much to cover with the NRL and the AFL. But a couple big stories as we talk and delve outside the world of down under and across the channel footy. But Teddy Bridgewater, great story. Another one of those feel-good stories that when I saw this, I knew this had to be my top story going into outside the bubble. Teddy Bridgewater has won the starting quarterback job for the Denver Broncos, beating out Drew Locke. And I think the thing that Teddy Bridgewater is always going to give you is efficiency. I think Teddy Bridgewater will always play the game uh, and he's not going to make a lot of mistakes for you. And I hope that he gets to play with a little bit of confidence from the Denver Broncos coaching staff and administration that, they, that he doesn't feel like he has to look over his shoulder. That now that he's won this starting quarterback job, he can go forward and play football that I think Teddy Bridgewater can play. I'm saying, don't forget, he was a high pick for the Minnesota Vikings back in the day until that horrible, horrible knee injury that some people thought might cost him his leg, let alone his football career. So seeing Teddy Bridgewater win this starting job makes me so excited. I hope that he has an incredible season. It is going to be an incredibly tough conference that he's playing in in the uh, AFC West, but I think Teddy Bridgewater is ready for the fight, and I'm happy that he won that starting job. My other big story, again, we're again talking about NFL, talking about football, exciting stuff like that, is after their preseason game on Monday night, the New Orleans Saints, I think, have found themselves a quarterback. Jameis Winston, a guy that went 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions in his last season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, been the understudy for Drew Brees the last couple of seasons, I think finally ripped that starting job away from his competition with Taysom Hill. And it and I I, I let's be honest, Shedheads, I knew all along that Jameis was the best quarterback inside that that locker room on that team. Taysom Hill has incredible feet. 
Taysom Hill has incredible legs. He can do things that a lot of quarterbacks, quote-unquote, players, forget the quarterback position, players can do. But you need a signal caller. And to me, Jameis Winston gives something to the New Orleans Saints that the Saints have not had for a very long time. Five years to be exact. And this is nothing against Drew Brees. Jameis Winston is going to be able to stretch the field for the New Orleans Saints for the first time in years. Jameis Winston's arm is live. Jameis Winston can stretch defenses. And he can throw an incredibly, incredibly accurate deep ball. And now that that will be part of the future of the offense for the New Orleans Saints, that is going to let Kamara run crazy. It's going to open up a lot of stuff underneath. And I think the Saints, with this choice at Jameis, and if him and Sean Payton can just work together and get that chemistry and that bond, and I know it's going to take years for it to be like him and Drew Brees had, but I think that he's got a new weapon that's going to, how should I say, turn back the clock for Sean Payton a little bit and bring a little bit of joy back into his coaching because he's going to be able to call plays he was not able to call with Drew Brees because of arm talent that he's got now to play with. So congratulations to Jameis Winston. We've got another week of preseason football. We're going to delve into and outside the bubble here on Outside the Sheds into the NFL season that's coming up. Um, And that's going to be fun. Uh, You know we love our gridiron here. I played, you know, gridiron, football, gridiron. Um, So it's it's something I'm very, very passionate about, something I love. So we're going to talk about it in more detail. But with that being said, I'm not here to talk about the NFL right now. I'm here to talk about the NRL and AFL, and we've already covered that. So Shedheads, that brings to a close this episode of Outside the Sheds. Again, I gave you the times. Go back and listen to this podcast again if you need them again. Uh, I know that the South Sydney uh, Roosters match is also on TV. And tonight, the Newcastle Knights versus uh, the Titans, Gold Coast Titans match is also on FS1. Um, so you can catch that as well. So it, it's exciting. And it, now it's in the, the ball is in your court now, Shedheads. Catch these matches. Get some excitement for you because you're going to see some incredible things with the AFL final starting this weekend. But until next week, Shedheads, stay out of trouble or don't get caught. This has been Outside the Sheds. I'm your host, Corey Jackson. Until next week, see ya. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.